0: Hi, I'm Kathy. And I'm Christy. And this is Game of Books, where two newbie mystery writers share our love of food, wine, and mysteries. Not necessarily in that order.
1: So, Kathy, here we are at podcast number three. Yes. And we're learning each time, so hopefully we get better and better. Well, let's hope so.
0: (laughs) And for those those of you who have stuck with us so far, thanks for hanging in there while we learn this process and try to perfect it.
1: Yes, because we will settle for nothing less than perfection. Or we'll drink enough wine that it seems perfect to us. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of wine, um, it's your week to pick the wine.
0: You're right. And in keeping with our rules, we have a wine that we could both find in South Dakota here for me in South Florida for Christy and under $20. Uh, The wine this week is, drum roll, I chose Josh Sellers Sauvignon Blanc.
1: Yum, yum. We're gonna give it a sip here.
0: Yeah. Christy, I forgot to ask, how much was your bottle in South Florida?
1: It was on sale this week for like ten fifty.
0: Mine was very similarly priced too. I can't remember exactly. I'm thinking on sale for $9.99. But I'm wow, not that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so did you try it?
1: Yes and actually <laughs> even though we know that i'm, you know, a red wine drinker ah uh, this isn't bad this isn't bad it's um it's not a red wine <laughs>
0: It is not, and I'm sorry, and I have a reason for that, and I'll share that later, but um, it is a Sauvignon Blanc, and it is from the North Coast. The grapes are from the North Coast of California. Okay. I went onto the website, which is my new favorite thing to do, is to go onto um, wine websites, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it said it has a fresh and alive palate with the aroma of lemon, lime, and pineapple, oh. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah,
1: let me take a sip again let's see if I taste some pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, I do, it is very citrusy.
0: It's very citrusy.
1: And actually, now that now that you point that out, I'm almost enjoying it more because now I'm looking at it instead of, you know, my straight wine-flavored thoughts, I am thinking of it as a citrus drink, and I'm liking it. <laughs> well, that's interesting.
0: That's really interesting. And I want to tell you a little bit about the winemaker because I just thought it was interesting. Um, but I can't wait to talk about um, why I chose the selection when we... Um, oh, good. I it. can't
1: wait to hear. <laughs>
0: I know. So Josh Sellers is fairly new into the wine world. It was founded in 2005, and it's a f- single family-owned um, winery. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about it was that they named it after the gentleman's name is um, Joseph Carr. Mm-hmm. But he named the wine after his dad, who also is named Joseph, but they all called him Josh. And so oh, it's
1: very nice.
0: Very sweet. Yes. Yeah, so this is the Josh Sellers uh Sauvignon Blanc.
1: Okay, so that's enough sipping for now. So can you tell me anything interesting that's happening up there in South Dakota?
0: Well, I am getting ready for Thanksgiving, as, as you are oh, in yes, South Florida. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. And
0: I, um, one thing I love to do, I host, at least for the last few years, and I really enjoy doing it.
1: I know. I love it, too. I love having everybody over. I just haven't had it in a while because it seems like everybody's drifting into different directions.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Things ebb and flow. But one of the things I love to do, um, is set the table. And I was getting ready today to set the table. And one thing that has worked really well these last few years, um, we used to have a tradition, you know, where we'd go around and everyone would share what they're thankful for, right, which is right. a lovely tradition. Mm-hmm. But as my kids got into young teenage years, they didn't love it <laughs> as much as I would have loved for them to. And so I started pulling out these, um, game. I guess it's a game, it's called Table Topics. And they're questions to start conversations. And it's just a box of questions. And so Oh, cool. So you I actually
1: go, bought yeah. these. That you are going to be did. like, oh, I wrote them. I'm like, all right, let's market them. Somebody no,
0: no. And there's a few different brands and there's a few different, for Table Topics, which is the company, this one is called Dinner Party, but they have other ones for families, couples, you know, they kind of skew the questions mm-hmm. for, for the group that's on the front of the box. But.
1: Well, that sounds great.
0: It's really nice. And so I always put three, two or three questions around every place setting, mm-hmm. um, And it has, and then in years past now, we pass questions off and we sit around and talk for like four hours. Oh, wow. I mean, it's so fun because one of the things I dislike about Thanksgiving, it's all the prep. And then everyone's done eating in like three minutes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait. (laughs) So um, this is one of my tips and I I just pulled out some questions now. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions is, um, where is change needed in your life, which obviously is a
1: Oh, that's a deep question. one, yeah.
0: It is, but if somebody didn't want that, the next question is, if you could be a backup singer for any band,
1: <laughs> who would it be? <laughs> I like that one better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I'd know. be trained so the pick. easy ones, that's for sure. Oh, that's
1: fun. So well, do you that know that who you would great. be?
0: Yeah. Do you um, know who you'd be backup singer for?
1: Well, um, maybe maybe Coldplay, since that's what I was going to tell you about. <laughs> Ooh, tell me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Connor and I went and saw the Coldplay documentary the other night. It's called A Head Full of Dreams, and I guess they showed it at theaters for one night only, like a world premiere. Oh, wow. I know. So so he got tickets, and we went, and, you know, I'm a fan, so I thought it was awesome. You know how we always like to know what an author's life is really like? Yeah. So I'm kind of that way with musicians, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't are know you why a is because, that what you're telling me yeah i guess i'm a groupie i mean maybe i maybe <laughs> my next career is going to be musician so i want to know if i'm you know because with with writers we want to know are we doing it right is our is our life that much different and that kind of thing but mm-hmm. anyway i am a groupie i guess um <laughs> or a future rock star although Ooh, i like that although I think my fourth grade music teacher would beg to differ with that <laughs> when I got kicked out of the choir in fourth grade so
0: oh I, I want oh, to hear that it? story sometime
1: yeah well <laughs> but um <laughs> crushing my my dreams of my me and my sisters becoming the female Jackson five or something oh, it just hurts
0: <laughs> it just hurts
1: anyway but from the documentary I did get a couple of inspiration well I got a good inspiration I'm kind of hoping that Connor has an inspiration because you know he's the musician in the family and I'm hoping he's inspired to uh write our opening music for this podcast (gasps) oh Connor
0: (laughs) I think I think he'll be listening to this and I I'm putting in a request also yes
1: (laughs) yeah we just need something you know you can do it but, um, but I was inspired in another way, um, okay. thankfully for, you know, my neighbors and, and all the people listening to this podcast. Um, but um, I watched Chris Martin, that's the lead singer. He was running around on stage, you know, and doing these leaps all the time. And I mean, the guy is in his 40s. All right. I'm thinking, I have trouble walking down the stairs sometimes. <laughs> oh, you don't. So, <laughs> No, you don't. Well, it just did inspire me to say, okay, you know what? I need to get myself in shape. I need to be a little more flexible. I'm not that much older than Chris Martin. So, you know, I shouldn't be, um, you know, laying around. But uh, so I I got my app going on my um, phone for, it's called uh, C25K. And it kind of leads you into doing a 5K. So it gives you a little bit more exercise each day. Oh, good. And so, um, yeah, and so I just keep thinking, you know, okay, if I want to be, you know, flexible and able to run around a stage in my next rock
0: star (laughs) career, then I better keep,
1: yes, and sing. So I better keep going on the on the workout. So I'm trying to get past all the excuses that I make, and in Mm. in Florida, that's just kind of ridiculous. I mean, they can be things like, oh, it rained last night. There might be too many puddles, or. And then it got me thinking up in South Dakota, I know you've done running in the past, and I'm thinking, how in the heck does she keep motivated, and how does she do it in the snow? It's funny.
0: Well, we do belong to a health club, so that's part of it. I mean, it just is. So they have
1: like an indoor track, or? There's an indoor track, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. um, But they also, (laughs) we just had a brand new facility expansion, I guess, and and the treadmills, my husband is um, definitely a track runner. Walker Mm -hmm. runner, we're back Mm -hmm. into trying to get back into running. I really like a treadmill, but the new treadmills are so nice that even he is swayed because you can watch Netflix on them, which is what he likes to do. (laughs) I like, what's funny is, I put on a beach scene, which you have access to every single day, and I have to watch it on a treadmill, (laughs) (laughs) which is really sad. Uh... But um, last night, actually, we went out for um, a walk, but it's the same concept um it was late in the evening it was just a beautiful pink um chilly sunset walk and it was pretty icy here this weekend we got a, a little ice storm and so we I know so a... you
1: have to like dodge ice puddles and things it was. i mean it was
0: all ice everything was ice and so what we do was um, we put in these little um the shoes no <laughs> it wasn't that bad South Dakotans have lots of different levels of outerwear for the weather. But yet last night we both wore a ton of shoes because um, it was, you know, it was like 28 degrees. It was nice out. And 28
1: degrees is nice out? Are you talking Celsius or Fahrenheit? No, I'm talking Fahrenheit. It wasn't windy. It was
0: really quite pleasant. But um, anyhow, you put on these. I, my mother-in-law got them for me when I was really running. And they're little grippers. They're like little cleats. That's a rubber. Oh um strap that you can put uh, underneath your shoes and it's got little metal weights and so it keeps us upright
1: <laughs> oh gosh well that wouldn't work down here but i am trying to keep that that extra exercise motivation going so good for you That's i'm gonna great. get another sip of wine as mm-hmm. i'm talking about how i need to exercise and um, <laughs> i can't wait to hear about why this wine is chosen in About Your Mystery. So, you ready to go?
0: I am ready. I'm so excited to share this one. I chose Camino Island by John Grisham.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you read it? I don't know. Is this, like, the newest one? or? Mm, I think it's...
0: Actually, he's been really prolific in the last year. This is from 2017. I know, because I've read a
1: few of, his, uh, few of his lately, but maybe when you start describing it, I'll know because I'm yeah. bad with titles.
0: <laughs> well, and I know he said f- I think, maybe two even recently. Um, but this one's Camino Island. Um, it was published last year in 2017, and it's not a legal thriller, which is different for him. Um, uh-huh. It opens up with a group of thieves stealing some F. Scott Fitzgerald manuscripts from Princeton Library. Hmm. And it reminds
1: me. So okay, I don't think okay. I saw Okay. All right.
0: So these thieves take away and, or they actually managed to get away with this um, very priceless manuscript. Um, It's priceless, but it's also valued and insured for $25 million. So um, it transitions then from the thieves that it opens up with, and it transitions into this struggling writer who is struggling with her second novel. And she is, I thought you would appreciate that. She's struggling with the content of the novel, novel, excuse me, and she's also struggling with financial stress. So um, she gets a visit from a mysterious woman who works for an even more mysterious company. Kind of a front for an insurance company who doesn't want to pay out $25 million Is was my impression. Right. And she asks this woman to go down to Camino Island in Florida where this woman's family has a home, so she has a reason to be there, and infiltrate this rare book dealer's bookstore and all of his friends, his little circle of friends.
1: Oh. Because
0: they think he had something to do with the... Of
1: course. The, those Florida people get all the bad rap.
0: <laughs> I, I know. I wasn't going to say it. I'm so sorry.
1: But I thought, another Florida, you know, <laughs> issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's that's the story, is that she goes down, she well, infiltrates... Well, it sounds into this...
1: and it's got a lot, of, a lot of things that we like. You know it does even it's if it's so not unique. the normal thriller it's got you know art art theft and writing yes so when did and they so drink she, the wine
0: <laughs> so she infiltrates this literary group right uh-huh. and they're having they and they finally kind of welcome her in and oh she goes my to dinner this is a at book the guy's club house. right <laughs> right and they have um the first i guess the first part of the meal is they have gazpacho mm-hmm. and i thought oh perfect what a good south florida you know right. appetite or um, first first course mm-hmm. and so i researched what wine do you have with gazpacho and guess what you have
1: sauvignon blanc <laughs> a sauvignon blanc <laughs> oh yum okay well that sounds good
0: yeah so and then so the meal then goes on mm-hmm. there isn't that much detail about their enjoyment of the food in fact the crowd is kind of rough like they're Kind of uh, writers with agendas, and there's just a lot it's going cut on. Like, it's cutthroat. It is, a literary all, circle. <laughs> it is. It's all this literary one-upmanship, and Ooh. and it made me wonder if John Grisham had ever had to suffer through one of these meals. <laughs> I, these are not the kind of literary meals I want to go to. Right. Right. And so, except for the food and wine, I'm yes. all about that. Yes.
1: Not like Thomas Harris cooking cordon bleu for us, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly.
0: So I thought that was really interesting. So that's oh, what inspired okay. me was the... Uh, I can and, totally you know, see
1: that, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Sauvignon Blanc, I thought, oh, that seems like a Florida kind of... I know you like your red wine and I do too, but it seemed like a Floridian kind of thing. No, drink, and like I like despacho. to branch
1: out and, and try new things. And I definitely could drink this and I'm going to have another sip right now.
0: So I I will not give away anything about the book. I really think you would enjoy reading. Okay. Them.
1: Well, I'm, I'm you know I'm starting a um a bookshelf with just the books that you uh, right? do. Yes, I'm right? going to do that because I want to read all the ones that you tell me about if I haven't read them already, and um then I can always look back and say, oh, this was from podcast, whatever.
0: It'd be fun to do a a recap maybe every few months and revisit each other's um scenes and books. Yeah, that would be fun. Sounds like a good idea. So. Um. After she gets infiltrated into this group, it kind of turns into a cat and mouse game of who knows what, mm-hmm. and who's got what, and it's it's um it's a fun, uh, fun read. But what I also liked was, and I thought it was very interesting. I apologize. My <laughs> is saying
1: hello. Hello. What's your dog's name? Hello. Her name is
0: May, like the month of May. Oh, okay. Hey, yes, May. My daughter named her. <laughs> um. So. The topic of the book is, you know, rare book theft. And it really is a real thing. And it happens more frequently than you would imagine. Oh. But for a variety of reasons, it's not often in the news. People sometimes don't want to reveal that something's been stolen from their collection for the publicity of it or for insurance purposes. Oh,
1: interesting. But,
0: um, you know, with libraries... Mm-hmm. Or even nice institutions like Princeton Library or uh, smaller ones, they often don't have good tracking systems or they don't have good security. Oh. Access is really available to these, some really, really valuable books. And I found that to be such an interesting
1: That is interesting. Um, and that makes situation. I just got in the mail um, an advertisement for securities for my house. So I think I might have to get that once I start my bookshelf of our podcast (laughs) you have
0: to buy some first editions (laughs) and and as a matter of fact the other um thing i saw was recently there was a huge theft i'm gonna say within the last year or two in philadelphia like eight million dollar theft at the at the philadelphia um carnegie library like their public library oh you're kidding and it was no and it was um it was done by one of their own Employees.
1: Oh, so they caught and them.
0: And they did, and a rare book dealer, like around the corner or something. I mean, it was just crazy. Oh and they my gosh. had stolen over three hundred volumes. So it was working for a long time.
1: Yeah, they were wondering that why that you know library clerk was driving the Porsche. And- <laughs>
0: Right. There's this public employee that seems to really go on nice vacations. And we were wondering why. And you know, the other thing is, there's two movies that came out this year about this exact topic about um, rare book theft. And um, one is Melissa McCarthy's in it. And I can't think of the name of it. Oh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And it's coming out in a few weeks. Oh,
1: okay. I didn't know that's I don't
0: think what that's that was she's be a, about. a um, Thief, I think she I don't know if she steals the originals or not, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's that's it has to do with that topic. And then there's another one that came out earlier this year called American Animals about some college students that steal really valuable things from their college library. So anyway I
1: thought it was I wonder if Connor's seen that. Have you seen that? Our sound editor? The uh American Animals. animals. Yeah. Our editor, American Animals. Ah. Yet, it's on his
0: list. There you go.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's on his list. He can tell yeah. us. <laughs> so that's
0: what I picked. So it was Camino Island.
1: Well, I like that. I like that. I like John Grissom. I like um, most of his books, so I guess I just haven't read that one. but I really
0: to. enjoy it. So I'm excited to hear what you've come up with this week.
1: Okay. Well, the book that I've chosen is... L.A. Outlaws, and it came out in 2008, and it's by T. Jefferson Parker. Oh. I am not sure if you recognize that He is that a Floridian name, writer. he's going to be. <laughs> Isn't he? No, I, he's a California writer. But he's going to be at Sleuth Fest 2019. He's going to be our guest of honor. So I was like, well, you know, in case anybody out there wasn't aware, Kathy and I met at Sleuth Fest earlier this year. So, um, and it's, it's held in sunny Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> and next year it is March 14th through the 17th. Okay. There's my plug. Christy
0: is on, on the volunteer committee. Note. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Kathy and I will be celebrating our one year anniversary there. So
0: <laughs> yes, we will
1: <laughs> come join us and celebrate. <laughs> we should record a podcast while we're there. Well, we're definitely going to, because okay. it'll be our only, t- you know, few times together. Yeah, for sure. And our editor will be happy because we only have one track to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he will. Anyway, okay, back to L.A. Outlaws. Um, so it's the first in a Charlie Hood series. Hmm. And Charlie Hood is, well, in this book, he starts out as an LAPD rookie deputy. So he, he did come from, he was an NCIS officer, which we all know what that is now, thanks to TV. And um, in Iraq, and then he's moved to L.A. And this came out in 2008, so it's not like terribly long ago, but there's several books following it about this character. But Parker also writes this really cool character who's sort of an anti-hero in the book, and her name is Suzanne. And so she actually opens the book, and the line is, Here's the deal. I'm a direct descendant of the outlaw, Joaquin Marietta. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. That's a so great like, first line. That? Yeah. I know. I know. And, but the thing is, I didn't know who Joaquin Marietta is, but apparently he's a pretty infamous outlaw in California. Like they learn about it in school. That's, you know, Parker, the author, he remembers learning about it in fourth grade, learning about this guy. Oh, wow. And so he's like, oh, you know, I'll get some more information because he's, he's legendary. But in the in the process of trying to get more information about this guy he realizes that it just gets murkier and murkier the more he digs in because there are so many different legendary things about him like he was executed in 1853 supposedly okay we think okay <laughs> he might have lived well, on because he was an outlaw the legend is yeah yeah, the legend is that he was executed because he was, he was like a horse thief and he killed people. And there's a lot of reasons why. Maybe he saw his wife be raped and his brother be killed. And so then he became this, you know, outlaw. And he would supposedly give, you know, stuff to poor people. So he was like a Robin Hood type character. I was just thinking that. Also. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, he has a lot, a great, a, Great and kind of crazy history, and um, and in fact, they used to they they there are still posters apparently in California, according to T. Jefferson Parker, that talk about you could go view his head in a jar. Oh, once they what? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, because apparently back then that's how they proved that they actually killed the guy <laughs> and he was dead. So they put his head with alcohol or probably some kind of liquor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in a jar and then they would show it to people oh, and, and charge a dollar In charge a dollar. I know, isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so th- he uses this character Parker does in the book. And of course he can just, you know, say whatever he wants, because obviously the legend is, there's so many different stories. So he makes this one character to be the de- de- descendant and she's, she's kind of compelled to, um, Become this modern day bandit and kind of Robin Hood, so that's her her thing. And then of course, guess what? Suzanne and Charlie's paths collide. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, and in in a in a, in a combustible way. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how we'll put okay. it. Okay, and so that that leads to the food scene, which is actually kind of a love scene between Charlie and Suzanne, right. and um and it's held in a Persian restaurant. Oh. Okay. So I mean I'm not familiar but the and the and um Parker doesn't really describe the food in great detail but I think I think it I rem, it seems very like mediterranean to me maybe because um they're they sit on these cushions Oh sure to eat mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, one time um, I was actually, I did have a traditional meal in Turkey and we sat on cushions. So I'm thinking the food is probably similar to that, very fragrant and, and um, lots of rice and things. And, but, um, you know, so they're, they're on these cushions and it really is kind of like, I'm not sure if there's any restaurants like this left in the States or if there ever were, but there is in the novel um, it's like a bond movie or something you know where they're all like they're on the cushions and then she have seduces ever seen... him and they, there's curtains oh. <laughs> and they're in like this private little curtained area of the restaurant oh you where know, she shoes away the waiter and things like that so yeah it was yeah it was it was a very fun read in that you know oh my. particularly but um have you ever had Persian food?
0: I have not not in that no. kind of a setting. You know I mean like Truly, a, and not, not that kind of setting. No, um, but what I was thinking of isn't nearly as romantic as you were um, uh, suggesting, but the um, there's a scene, a Ben Stiller movie with Jennifer Aniston. Okay. And they are at a, a seated restaurant like this, like a Persian restaurant, and the food is very spicy and he has a very bad reaction to it. But um, it didn't <laughs> <laughs> work out well for him.
1: Well, it could be, you know, because, I mean, this is L.A., you know, th- that he's writing in mm-hmm. it. And so there must be some Persian restaurant out there, or at least at one time, you know, that they could model it after. Sure. But it w- it was also interesting, and I kind of, you know, another reason why I chose it for my off-wine time is because they did mention having some wine, hmm. and she said, oh, I don't drink. Oh. You know? I-, I have to live on the edge, oh. and because he's like it'll mellow you out have some wine and she's like no I can't you know but he drank wine but they didn't really discuss what kind of wine but so um, for some
0: reason I but I was like I'm picturing them eating with their hands you know
1: isn't there some of that I would kind of think cuisine? that but yeah. they did, they didn't discuss that because i mean honestly they didn't even talk about having a bite mm. <laughs> they talked about sipping the wine and then and their privacy you know <laughs> yeah and then she, you know she was like you know so i don't even know what they ordered but i'm sure they had to at some point well you would think the
0: staff they would ask them part. to at least order some
1: food <laughs> especially if they're kicking them out he came back and she, <laughs> and she kicks him out and then he cl- he smiles knowingly closing the oh. curtain and you know things go I know.
0: Well, that is that's a um Kind of a different um, dinner experience than I was
1: anticipating. Yeah, yeah. But the whole book kind of goes through this, you know, dynamic between the two mm-hmm. of them, too. Because she's a criminal, he's a cop. But, you know, she's kind of, she's got certain standards. Mm-hmm. And she's not, and she's becoming very infamous in the area, you know. Like, people love her, the audience, you know. <laughs> Even though she's stealing.
0: So, do you know, yeah. is she a recurring character in his um series? No. She's not. I want to read this. That sounds no. really good. And I
1: Yeah, it yeah, but he is. Yeah. Charlie Hood is a recurring character. Although there might be the, you know, Mariat um descendants mm-hmm. might come up again because when I was researching it did say something about it being in another book too. Hmm. So maybe.
0: Well, that's yeah. a pretty ripe topic. I mean, you can imagine how much you could do with that.
1: Yeah. I know. So, you know, I mean, like she, yeah. you know, she has the head and everything. He made up Ew. all the stuff, you know. She's got a diary. I oh you know about yeah.
0: yeah. I am um, mm-hmm. so glad you brought this up because I had checked out Sleuthfest and I was wanting to read some of his work before I got there. And I will start with this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like
0: that. And what year was that one published,
1: Christopher? That was in two thousand eight. He has okay. a lot of books, you know. He is um, prolific, isn't he? Yes, he is. And like we said in the beginning, I think we are getting a little better and better, don't you? I do. I don't
0: know. I do. I, I do. Know. And
1: we're g- we're definitely going to start getting them out on time on yes. Friday mornings.
0: Sorry about that last and, week. <laughs> um,
1: and what do you think, Kathy? Um, are you pleased with the Josh wine?
0: You know, I am. I I think it's nice. I It's very fruity. I mean, now that I've had a few more sips, it's mm-hmm. very fruity. I, I like to have ice in my white wine to keep it cool. Mm-hmm. And so, um it's I have a little bit of ice in there, so it's it's staying pretty cool, but I'm really enjoying it. Good.
1: yeah, yeah. me too. I mean, I think it would go good with Thanksgiving, don't you?
0: It would actually, like turkey. Yeah, it would yeah. it would. it really would.
1: Well, I guess that's it for for today's episode of Game of Books, uh, where we share food, wine, and mystery. And if you like listening, then be sure to subscribe us so you can get your food wine and mystery tips every Friday morning just in time for the weekend and we're going to do it this Friday too even though it's Thanksgiving weekend
0: yes we are I know I can't wait to see what wine and food scene you pick for next week I'm always looking forward to that Mm -hmm. so until then this is Kathy and Christy saying thanks for listening bye everybody. everybody